buckle up, because we're, we're taking a ride down sad emo boy lane. This, this song's in my head. back for another episode of songs in my head a music podcast for music nerds by music nerds uh back again after a, a little bit of a of an extended time we were both really busy and by both i am implying that i'm joined once again by my lovely co-host Kristen. hello <laughs> uh we we're both we've both been really busy we've had a lot going on yeah. I've been I've had a lot going on with my new job. So that's that's been hectic and just lack of time really. Had my same job. <laughs> same job, still hectic. Yes. But here we are. We are back for episode 12 finally. I know. I know. We're we're basically professionals now. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to we got a logo and a yeah, and we a got cover a, and yeah, yeah. We business. We've had a guest. Yes. One guest. So we have a, an official Facebook page now. That has like a bunch of people. Yeah. Which is cool. I don't know if any of those people actually listen to the show, but I know they're there. Yeah, at least two. Yeah. Oh yeah. At least <laughs> at least two. If you listen, if, say hi. <laughs> if you listen in, say what up. So, this episode, uh, we decided that we're going to do another album review. Because one of my favorite bands uh, had an album come out back in March. And we just had so many other things lined up. Like, episode-wise, that we, we weren't quite ready to fit it in with our our lineup yet so now we're so here we are here we are finally getting around to it uh so that band of course being the spill canvas so the spill canvas in my opinion is like i would say they're like the most quintessential like sad emo boy music i've ever listened to like in every aspect of that of that type of music like more than dashboard confessional which is saying a lot because it's dashboard um so this was like your first real exposure yeah to them right before we get into the actual albums that we're talking about what was your first impression well, <clears throat> my first impression was um, sad emo, emo boy shit because you put a song or two on the playlist you made for me when we met. And mm-hmm. Very sad stuff. <laughs> but it it sings like a poem. Though. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. And I, I, I really, that's one thing that I've always admired about the way that they write their songs is that, like, it's just so well written like the lyrics are so good and so deep and like the music that goes along with it is just it's the perfect accompaniment to that 
So I, I think like Nick Thomas, who's the lead singer, is like the primary songwriter. And I mean, he has been since the evolution of the of the band from the very beginning. Well, I mean, didn't it start out as like a solo act basically yeah. where he held the name and then built the band yeah essentially <clears throat> like he he started the band when he was like 15 or mm-hmm. something yep and that's what i read and <laughs> it was like just him and an acoustic guitar and then like when it came time to actually like record he had some friends that joined him in the studio but they inevitably like left the band before any type of contract or tour was ever happening so he just carried the name along with him yeah yeah i was surprised to find out that they were from south dakota i mean that's not right really a place that i've you know we've we usually talk about where bands are from and that's not one that's come up sioux falls yes i don't even know where that is other than being in South, South Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, though. It, it's it's un, it's uncommon because they're not, which I think is what makes that, it makes it interesting, you know, because, like, it's they're not from, like, the, the hubs where you normally mm-hmm. hear music coming out of. Like, it's not, you know... Cali, Nashville, New York City, Florida, like. Or even Midwest, because normally, you know, the Midwest has a lot of good stuff, but like. Yeah. Would be Missouri and and whatever. It's not. Right. It's not Sioux Falls. But, I mean, I think that's kind of cool, though, that like they were able to, to break out from what seems like such a small scene in that area yeah but the interesting thing that i found and it was a parallel to hmm, i forget what band was it matchbox matchbook romance good lord um who did we say that was discovered on mp3.com because when i was reading this it said the same thing and i was like hmm that's not the first time we read that yeah it was uh it was matchbook romance okay yeah yeah these guys were also really prominent on uh myspace Hell yeah, MySpace. Shout out, shout out Tom. I was a little too old for MySpace. <laughs> um, I was not. No, I mean, I was on the tail end of MySpace. I was like right in the middle. MySpace was a great place for music, though. Like, I found so much music on that, on that website. And I, I think it's a shame that there's not... There's not, like, a website that is as accessible for music-type stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, like, Facebook's okay for it, but we're, we're tailspinning right now. We, we're, we're getting off subject. Well, I mean, it, it, there's a lot about, to say about how, you know, discovering new music is found. So, I mean, it's we've talked about that a few times. We have. We have. Um, Um, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about two of their albums. We're going to be talking about one of their very first albums, and then we're going to review their newest album. 
So the first album that we're going to talk about is, I would say, arguably one of their best albums, and that's One Fell Swoop. Um, it was uh, their second album, their second full-length album, their first being Sunsets and Car Crashes. It was their second album. It was released August 9th, 2005. Um, I have listened to this this album an absurd amount of times, um, but I never dove in and actually looked at what the meaning behind One Fell Swoop is. Did you? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I looked it up and um, so I mean like obviously One Fell Swoop means like all at once or like in a single action um, but it actually has like Shakespearean roots and they think that like scholars quote unquote think that Shakespeare was actually the, the first person to ever use uh, One Fell Swoop in his in his plays uh specifically it's noted in macbeth uh where he compares the murder of macduff's wife and children to a hawk swooping down on defenseless prey thus one fell swoop getting it done in one fell swoop so wow yeah so that's not the rabbit hole I've been down. No. That's <laughs> no, not... you'll hear it later. Awesome. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I wrote down about One Fell Swoop specifically is that I liked how it was um, specifically like in the lyrics so soon in the album. Yeah. Because sometimes you wonder like where they get the name or sometimes it's not even connected to any of the lyrics or whatever, but it's like the second words. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally Basically. the first line of the of the first song on right. the album. Right. Um, one thing I noted just about um, the album in general, before we get started on the songs, is um, I was reading a bunch of reviews on it because there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, it was, a, it about was it. really hard to find. And I was really surprised because, I mean, I found a lot more about the new album, um, but not much about the band. And I don't know if it's just because they had like such a long hiatus for a while or, maybe. you know, maybe, I don't know. But there was a review that somebody said it sounds like Matchbox 20 gave a 21st century makeover complete with strong vocals, lots of long words and catchy guitar riffs. And I was like, Matchbox 20? Like, but then I think the, the time period of when this came out, I mean, 2005. Right. That's, you know, the era. The era. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the era where it was like you had like the pop rock yeah scene that was really big and it was like some of the bands that were in that could easily like break through the outer cusp of what would have been like the emo scene of the early 2000s yeah i just thought it was a really weird comparison that's a super weird because they're comparison. not even in the same like genre i would think although i mean i don't know i mean i could see it i mean rob thomas is a pretty strong vocalist yeah, yeah i was gonna say the their lyrics and his lyrically stuff. it's it's a lot of sad emo boy shit just <laughs> wrapped up in a, a wrapped pop. up in a nice bubblegum pop rapper 
<laughs> so, I mean, sure, maybe. That's an interesting, yeah, interesting thought process, though. But yeah, a lot of the reviews I read, people didn't like <laughs> like the album, or they just didn't like them, and I just don't. I don't get it. No. I saw that. Like a lot of people were like, "Eh," and I'm like, "Excuse me, how could you not like this?" So I I don't I don't get it because I've I've seen these guys live. Uh, I want to say I've probably seen these guys live seven times. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not as many times as I've seen Punchline live, but, I mean, that's only because, you know, they're a local band, so it's a lot easier, a lot more accessible to just see them playing a local venue. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've seen them almost every time they've been through Pittsburgh. Yeah. I've even met them. That's cool. Yeah, they're really nice. They're really, really nice guys. Um... I mean, obviously the lineup has changed a few times. So, I mean, like the lineup that I met, I think the only constant member has been Nick Thomas. Yeah, that's what I was reading. Their um, their lineup was much more confusing than like some other bands where they say like one person left here and one person left there. It was just like three people left or something. <laughs> like, right. That's... Right. And you're just like, okay. Um... So let's just let's just hop into the tracks. Okay. Um Do you want me to start? Um or would you like to start? We can start, but I'll add in. Okay. I mean I went pretty deep on the lyrics on a lot of these because there was figured, a lot to talk about. I figured and I I know I know the lyrics fairly well. I've been listening to it a lot lately again, just to brush up, so I will let you gush on the lyrics but so the first song on the album is Lusta Prima Vista um which is a great it's a great opening track because it like it's it really it's a very strong opener like the way that it introduces you into this album is just like you know it just kind of has that like guitar interlude right at the beginning and then it just jumps right into the into the track which i like think is one really fell cool. swoop it's right there <laughs> bravo that was good that was good um yeah did you look up what less supreme movies to meant because it means... you know what i didn't i completely forgot about that well basically it just translates to lust from the first moment and i thought it was kind of cool that it was like the first moment of the song like the album is starts out this way okay obviously like a play on words and like love at first sight which i thought you know, i mean which makes makes sense with the premise of the song which is you know essentially like it's a one night stand or like a really really toxic fling that just neither of them want to end but they both know that it's it's not healthy right right um i thought it was um <clears throat> kind of about relationship that's back and forth like it started out as a one-night stand based on the physical connection and it seems like from what you know the lyrics say like one of them is more interested than the other at one point and then you know and like then it switches around yeah and right. it just you know one of those people you just can't let go um 
but there were a bunch of good lines in here. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was just pretty clear that, like, it's a relationship of convenience. I mean, yeah. I think they even say something about convenience, right? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, but my, yeah. Okay, one of my, my favorite lines is the, my one night, two month, three year stand. Right. But yeah, he does say my lust is just convenient now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it seems like, like at first, you know, they're both, you know, stuck on the physical part of it. And then, you know, maybe he cares a lot. But now at the end, it's like he doesn't care. You know, she's being dishonest and he's just like, whatever. Or vice versa. I mean, well, it could I think be the there other was... way around. Maybe at one point. Oh, yeah. I think it definitely gets the feel of, like, back and forth. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but that was that was one line. And then the I'm on my knees, but so are you, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons. I was like, oh. <laughs> right. That's one thing I will say about the, the lyrics of their songs is that, like, the imagery is just, it's amazing. Like, when you when you hear what they say and then you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I have to say that this song is fun to hear you sing because you, you clap at the clap part. <laughs> Come on. You but, can't... But, but what's funny about it is that when I read it, other people's reactions to the song, they're just like, the clap is great. I always clap at the clap. And I was like, I didn't realize like so many people like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> imagine, imagine being at their show. Oh, yeah. And. A room full of people collectively clapping at that one part of the song. <laughs> like, but yeah, anytime I'm listening to this song, no matter where I am, I'm clapping. I can imagine you with headphones like at work, just mm-hmm. being like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and everyone's like. <laughs> just have a friend's moment. I know, I was thinking of that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if I should bring that up, but I was like, you don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think this is one of the, first, the my favorite tracks on the album. Oh yeah, I, I think easily this is one of. The... I just think the energy is is really good, and mm-hmm. it starts off really, you know, the album in a really good um, way. And I mean, there is a lot of like slow, sad stuff later. And I mean, this is kind of sad, but not really. It's like he's kind of just, re- you know, it's it's more of like a song it. of like like resent. Yes, that was the word I was looking for. Where it's like, like, while what they have is enjoyable on the surface, it's also not enjoyable in any way, shape, or form. they don't plan on stopping. No. Which, hey, you know, you do you. Or you do. Or you do them. (laughs) (laughs) Or you you don't. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, the next song on the album is uh, Staple Gun, which is another one of, like, the most fan-favorite songs of theirs. Um, I love the title. I mean, like, and obviously it's like, it's like, it's a song about obsession with one another, I think. Yeah, um, so when I first listened to it, it almost sounds like a love song, but then when you listen again, you're like, hmm, it's a little bit obsessive, but almost 
I don't know, almost in a bad way. The way I was getting out of it, just because... We're like, almost like stalkery obsessive. Yes, thank you. That's <clears throat> exactly like, what I was going to say. Because um, like the part where he says, like, should have kissed you in the elevator, but I was too scared to. Yeah, it almost sounded like he had decided and then, you know, convinced her just like endlessly showed up and just um, like the thought of being stapled onto someone's side, not literally, but I mean, that's kind of unhealthy, like, like boundary wise and just like suffocating the other person. Toxic codependence. Yeah. And like, you know, chemistry is usually a good thing, but like when they're saying like the chemistry between us and destroy this place, like not like in a good way, but like. Right. The bomb. Like, yeah, right. I destroy also, everything around you. I also like the line. Um, oh, crap. Train of thought, train of thought, train of thought. Keep talking. I'll think of it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, but like I said, I had the thought that, you know, at first it was like a nice song, but I was like, mm, no, I don't know. Because like the, the part where it fell one side, it was when I made up my mind, you said like. That he made up his mind that he wanted to be right. by her side all the time. It was like, does she kind of feel the same way? Um, but yeah, somebody said, I didn't get a chance to watch a music video, but someone had said that the music video, like, is a toxic relationship. So. You know, I don't think I've ever seen the music video. Yeah, I didn't have time to watch it. But um, yeah, I was talking about, like, it gives the you know, image of, like, an abusive relationship and, like, fighting and stuff. I was like, well, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Hmm. But, yeah, it almost felt... I was going to say, the, the line I finally remembered now, the line that I thought was is always a really great line is when he says, like, we were all alone when I finally made a pass at you. Yes. It didn't work, and no, it never does. And it's like, oh, wait, so you've done this before... So what happens every like, other time? You like were down eventually or like what? Right. Um, so I, I just, that was always one of those like, hmm, kind of lines. Yeah. Yeah. So the song had been my earworm since I've been listening to this a lot. Um, and the only other thing I really noted is like his voice in the song, I feel as just shows like the range of like, you have like the emotion yeah i just i think it's it's interesting though because like this is one of their tracks and i'll I'll have to play some more stuff for you from them because like they have a way with the way that they that they write their lyrics and then write the music around the lyrics where it could be about something that is not supposed to be sexy but somehow the way they write the music just makes it sound like intoxicating. Like where you listen to it and you're like, man, what a beat. That's such a great song. But then you're like, ooh, but the lyrical content, ooh, <laughs> ooh boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. Like it, on the surface. It sounds one way, and then when you listen to the lyrics and break it down, it's something else. Yeah, I mean, I I think what really drives it is like that that guitar, that like 
do no 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 i really like that that part to it yeah <laughs> I'm like what was that <laughs> yeah mm, mm. Mm. anyway all right well <laughs> the next track is probably my favorite uh title <laughs> right <laughs> just because it's so demanding <laughs> well plus it's also one of my one of my favorite ways that, to do a song title which is to have punctuation punctuation in it and uh, it just makes it even better it's talking about polygraph right now polygraph right now <laughs> um i mean it's if you look at it on the surface you read into the lyrics it's pretty easy to see that like this is a song about somebody that has found out f- from somewhere that their significant other is un- being unfaithful and all they want them to do is admit it but it's almost like an obsession. Yeah. That, that Because do you realize how many times the chorus is in the song? Wasn't there just like, is this the song where there was like, like only like two verses and then the chorus like five times? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's almost like they're, they're using the, the euphemism for the polygraph as like a way to... To say, like, well, if you've got nothing to hide, then just tell me. Yeah. Like. The part about the chorus that I like to say, like, fate is an elegant, cold-hearted whore. She'll assault in my wounds so she enjoys nothing more. But, like, fate or her, like. Right. Right. I think the, the addition of, of, like female pronouns to it adds another level of like mm-hmm. of interest to, to that line and i like the self-awareness that you know the king of this pity party <laughs> like he With knows my jewel encrusted crown yeah it, it is this is one of those those albums that like it's definitely front-loaded with really heavy hitters mm-hmm. but the whole album is really good so like you hit a point where you have all of like the faster paced songs and then it gets into the slower stuff but like it doesn't stop being a good album so like the first like six songs just drive like yeah the energy in those songs just like carries you through the rest i guess right right so moving on to Dutch Courage. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I went down a rabbit hole. Okay. Okay. So um, obviously, you know, Dutch Courage, you're like, mm, what the heck's that? Um, but obviously when you listen to the lyrics, you realize that it's just about like the way you feel when you're drinking. Um, it gives you like a false courage. Anyway, um, so Dutch Courage is a term that describes like the bravery you get from drinking alcohol. And it goes back to like, um, they think with the English soldiers... Like back to the 1600s, um, where they were fighting in the Anglo-Dutch War, or the Thirty Years' War. Not really sure specifically which, but there was a Dutch gin that was used by the English soldiers because it would calm them before battle, which kind of led me down a rabbit hole of um, I didn't realize that there was a lot of things that were Dutch this and Dutch that. Yeah. <laughs> Dutch uncle. <laughs> Excuse me. 
<laughs> somebody's your Dutch uncle, apparently it means that they're like harsh and like, you know, blunt, the, the opposite of an uncle. So I was like, well, that's a weird term. Like, where does that even come from? So apparently there's a lot of insults that came like after the wars um, between the England and Netherlands. Okay. Um, Dutch courage, obviously, that's the alcohol-induced bravery. And there's Dutch Dutch metal or Dutch gold, which is, like, cheap, that resembles gold. Okay. I was like, why are these so offensive? Dutch uncle, which we talked about. But then there's Dutch wife, which is a prostitute or sex doll. Oh, sick. Dutch widow, which is also a prostitute. <laughs> so I was like, well, what's so offensive about the Dutch? Um, and then even, like, going Dutch, it's like someone invites you somewhere, but you pay for yourself. <laughs> what about double Dutch? I read that. No, and then I started thinking about Double Dutch Bus. Yeah. That's <laughs> immediately where I went. But that's not where my rabbit hole went. And I was like, okay, why are the Dutch why are the Dutch insults? Well, apparently, okay. Apparently the Dutch have the best insults. Like if you want to insult somebody, do it in Dutch because like they're kind of hilarious. Um, so apparently most of the insults that the Dutch use are like based on disease and like plagues. Ooh. So like. I'm here for it. There's a whole list. Like, canker whore is <laughs> cancer whore. You basically call somebody a cancer whore. Cancer whore. Or, apparently, my, my favorite was is flap droll, which is flap turd. Oh. Um, there was one, I can't read, I can't read Dutch. There was one that's basically telling somebody to fuck off, except it translates to go get cholera. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, another one translated to ant fucker. <laughs> ant fucker? Yeah, like A-N-T, like the, the bug. You'd have to be really small to be able to do that. <laughs> Ooh. Um, if, if you're an idiot, they call you a pancake, basically. Um, or plague head. I mean, that... I feel like <laughs> it, pancake sounds like a, a fucking Gordon Ramsay insult. I know, right? You fucking pancake! Um, but my favorite was, like, Taren, Taren Geichel. So tearing means like tuberculosis. Oh. And the eichel part means acorn. So basically you're calling somebody like a, a disease dickhead. <laughs> nice. So anyway, um more nice. of the story is don't insult the Dutch because you know, they've got these I feel like you you missed the most important Dutch of all, and that's that's the Dutch baby. The Dutch baby is is essentially just like a it's it's like a pancake and not like the dutch insult pancake it's made in a cast iron skillet you pour pancake batter in it and then you bake it in the oven and it grows out to be this big giant beautiful but see that's a good thing i was talking about the the yeah. dutch things that sucked apparently yeah the dutch uncle or the well yeah or that's what i meant like you the... the the best of the of the dutch things <laughs> Okay, so back to the song right. and how this relates. Um, um, yeah, the song's just basically about someone that's, like, getting this false, like, bravery from, from drinking. See, and I kind of took it more as, like, the, like, trying to to show a friend that, like, the way that they're dealing with their their life... Well, yeah. Under the guise of toxic substance abuse is not healthy. Well, yeah, I mean. Which is interesting when you look at at the lead singer's past, unfortunately. Poor oh. guy. 
who's better to know these things than somebody that's experienced it? Right. Um, yeah, the line in here that I liked was, I hate to break this to you, but being a coward is not a legitimate career. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think you and I both found the same thing because what you said and what I said are similar. Although I'm just, you know, he's saying like, like the way that you are dealing with things. But is... also, I think it's almost the, the other thing that I kind of said was like that they need that they're they're kind of lacing this with all of their insecurities that have been shoved on them by other people mm-hmm. and like their comments about whatever. And this is kind of like his way of saying like, fuck what they think. Like, you know, do your own thing. Be your own per- your own person. Like, don't let somebody else decide your fate. Yeah. So I, I think that that's kind of, it's kind of like a multi-lined kind of, lyric content yeah well it's not the first time here. no it, or the last <laughs> yeah it's not the first time and it definitely won't be the last but yeah i definitely had fun um finding about dutch insults maybe some yeah. of these are good band names i mean yeah some of them are pretty good tearing guy cool that's my new band name <laughs> perfect perfect uh so i have to say though that i think um the, the one thing that I do find really interesting about this song, though, is just the, like, the guitar work. Yeah, I can... Um, because it's it's almost got, like, a like a country-ish kind of, like, plucky guitar vibe to it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so, like, you know. So, the, the plucky guitar... I think is a really cool like feature um but i also like like really late in the song they throw in what i think is one of the most like unique sounding percussive instruments which i had to look it up because i couldn't remember the name of it uh it's called a vibra slap (laughs) uh but it sounds like a like a rattlesnake essentially which is the name sounds like a sex toy right yeah the name definitely 100 percent, 10 out of 10 sex toy you know hmm. um yeah so <laughs> i i think that they it was a really nice like change of pace because you have the first three songs that are like really like like driving fast kind of songs and then this one kind of slows down a little bit yeah so the next song um I think it's one of my favorite songs on this album. I, I really like I really like the whole entire like just the way it's written, the story in the song is just really cool. It's called Natalie Marie and One CC. Um which if if you if you if you don't know what one CC is out there, it's a it's a unit of measurement. It's commonly used for for syringes, um, so that's a fun fact for <laughs> you. Um, but essentially, it's like you're following, like a narrator type person who is talking to his his therapist essentially about this this woman that he has in his head that he is convinced 
is a real person. But then as the song progresses, you realize that, like, she's just a figment of his imagination. And, like, he slowly starts to realize that. Yeah, because at first he talks about how it's, you know, the therapist says this. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't believe it. And, like, she's so wonderful. And, like, she makes everything better. Like, the parts that I wrote down were, like, you make it dry when it's raining outside. You know, a few other things. Without you, I couldn't be anywhere. And then I was like, okay. I, that, that's one of my favorite my favorite lines in that song. Like, that little, that little like, pre-chorus part. Mm-hmm. I love that part. Yeah, but then as the, the song goes on, it's like he can't recall where they met. Right. Or, you know. And, like, he realizes that he's, like, buying stuff for her that she's ultimately never going to get. Then the the interesting part is when it takes a turn later in the song and he, like, has injured himself trying to get her out of his head. You know what this reminded me of? Boys Night Out? Yes. Yeah. Similarly, yes. Cutting off his own hands. (laughs) Maybe they're treated by the same doctor. It's a great song, though. I, I And I think this is another example of, like, it's, like, the content matter of the song is really, like, whoa. But, like, then there are lines, like, the pre-chorus that are, it's another example of, like, just really, like, like, sexy songwriting. Which feels gross to say, but I'm going to use it here because I, it feels, you know, when, when he's saying, like, make it dry when it's raining outside, you warm my blood, and all this, you know, it's like, you feel like there's a real passion in the words that he's saying, but then, like, he's also not convincing himself that she's an actual person. So it's it's but I, I love the the way that the song is written yeah. and then like the eventual reveal that like, huh, maybe she's not. So, yeah, I, I like the storytelling aspect of the song. Um, also, <laughs> at the end, it was like, now I'm in stitches over you. I was like, well, literal stitches. But like, that's also like a I don't know. People talk about figurative, I'm in stitches, and he means literally, because, you know. Right. He injured himself severely. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I think that the next song is also one of their more fan favorite, well-known songs. And another one of my personal favorites, like, of their entire discography. And I would put it on that, you know, non-sequential, unnumbered top ten list of mine. That, really? That I don't ever have written down anywhere because it is ever-changing. Except for this song. It's always on there. I love this song. Really? Yes. I love this song very much. A lot of times I can tell which songs you love very much, but I wouldn't have guessed this one. Teleport A and B? Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, I wouldn't not have guessed, but I don't know. 
So the next song's called Teleport A and B. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just really love like the conviction in in his voice throughout this song and like you can really feel like the passion in his voice when he's talking about how he's excited and he's counting down the miles and like mm-hmm. counting down the hours and like down to the minute and you know it, it i think it's just about like i think it, it's either a long distance relationship or it's like because he's a touring musician like it's him being on the road and he's counting down the hours until he's home either way it's it's about it's about somebody that it's about a a relationship that has some sort of distance right between them and how there's excitement in the time they spend together when they're together (laughs) well there's anticipation and yeah you know just anticipating the, the time back together and how it'd be easier to teleport there instead of having to wait and drive and right. all that build up um yeah there were some lines in here that i really liked about you're constantly you're working through the mileage in my head you know my faith of you my faith in you could move these mountains that i'm driving through so, yeah. yeah i don't know i think it's just such a heartfelt song and yeah. I, I think you can not hear stalkerish it. at all like some of the other no exactly I know. yeah no i i feel like it's just i think it it's like it's a really nice like love song without being like about oh, my romantic emo boy yeah yeah <laughs> it you it me yeah all right i can see i can see it i can see you liking this song yeah plus it's fun to sing I, I, it just in general, I enjoy singing along with Spill Canvas because... I've noticed. Like, Nick Thomas and I have a very similar vocal range. So it's easy to sing their songs for me. Well, I enjoy listening to you sing them. Yeah. All right. All right. So the next one. <laughs> okay. Um, track seven. This is for keeps. Um, <laughs> vampire in love with a human girl that he asks her to no longer be human with him. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear what the song's about. I mean, it's another, it's another like love song, but in a storyteller kind of way. Oh yeah. Where it's like, I don't I just... I don't know. I just love everything about like the way that the the story is told in this song. Like, I think it's it's amazing. Like, I love when You're he's adorable. like when he's talking about like my fangs are aching and like <laughs> and like I, I don't know. I, I just really enjoy the way. Well, what's the other line that I really like? When he says, um, "I hope that my pale complexion won't blow my cover," because <laughs> I'll now. Now, at this point in my life, all I ever think of when I hear this song is Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> but this predates, like, Twilight. Did you hear it before Twilight? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, Obviously, I've... I did not. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've heard this well before Twilight. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I like the concept, but obviously it reminded me of Twilight because, you know, 
And it was kind of dramatic, like, would you like to leave this human race tonight? <laughs> eh, maybe not tonight. Maybe maybe tomorrow. You know, we'll can we'll I, think about it. Can I pencil you in for next Thursday? Let's no. Talk mm. about the pros and cons. We'll see. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the concept that, you know, vampires are immortal and, like, they have eternal life. And then, like, like eternally loving her, you know, and then eternity will never be enough for me. Yeah. It's a, it's a... What? I'm kidding. <laughs> it's it's a really cute love song that's wrapped up in vampires. It's 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 fun. It's a really fun song. I I really enjoy it. Um so the next track uh I went down a rabbit hole getting into it. I did a little bit, so this will be fun. Go um, for it. It's called Himerus Himerus? Himerus and Eros. Um, so like, I mean, the, the basis of the track I think is, is you have a narrator that's kind of caught up in this like, like heated fling, but he wants it to be more, but she doesn't. And he's just like really like bummed out about it. sad horny emo boy <laughs> right right and he's like i'm not not gonna do it because i'm not an idiot <laughs> but like um so i actually like looked up like what is what are what are himorous and eros well, i think most people have heard of eros but i did not know uh so himorous is the latin spelling of Himeros and uh, he's the god of sexual desire and he's one of the the erotes which are winged gods of love <laughs> and he is the twin love of Eros so Eros is the mis- mischievous mischievous <laughs> mischievous 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 god of love and um, intercourse and okay. intercourse <laughs> did yeah, you yeah, read yeah. that too i did see that uh <laughs> and he's uh a minion and constant companion of aphrodite so i did go that far i think they said that like the roman counterpart was cupid mm-hmm. like he's equated to like cupid yeah so mischievous that, that kind of makes sense yeah shooting people in the ass with love arrows (laughs) but yeah i I think that that's kind of like the the general basis of this song is like you know like the they they like the the naughty time they spend together but he wants it to be more than just that he he wants to be more than just like a than just a hookup yeah i went down a similar path with figure out who Himerus and Eros were and what I read was that Himerus was the personification of longing love so like you know he's got this desire and you know he has this person but he longs for like more than just that and that comes across in the lyrics um obviously because you know I hope to god I mean a little more than the sounds that escape your tired 4am lips 
Well, I mean, I wish I meant a little more than a symphony of heavy breathing and the friction, the friction of hips. Of I was hips. like, ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, again, I'll go back to the term sexy songwriting. I mean, it, it just... That's what I mean. Like, his lyrics are are just so good. Like, the way that they're that they're written and delivered. It's just, it's their... I don't think anyone can tell that you like the band. Stop. <laughs> it's adorable. I can't help it. They're one of my favorites. I know. I was so excited to hear that they were releasing new music this year. I mean, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is because, you know, it's fun to see somebody you love talk about something you, that they love, right? I do. I know, it's so cute. Uh, all right, stop. Anyway. We're being, we're being gross. Yeah, well, sometimes anyway. it happens. <laughs> all right, moving on to uh, Break a Leg. <laughs> I, I love the title of this song. Um, yeah, I mean, breakup song. <laughs> I mean, it. I think it's a song where you, again, I think one thing that's that's interesting about the way that nick thomas writes the songs is that a lot of them are spoken not necessarily from like his perspective but from like almost like a narrator perspective yeah well i mean this one to me felt like like a train of thought like like he's conflicted and it's coming across in the lyrics because you know he sounds like he's sick of this you know girl leading him on she's a poison kiss whatever yeah but like oh my god (laughs) <laughs> not even hell could be hotter than you right now i love that fucking line it's so good it's such a <laughs> it's such a good line but like it made me wonder if like he only wants girls who really don't want him or like not into him is that just like an emo boy thing <laughs> um <laughs> jesus why don't you just at me next time <laughs> or you know like ah. Um. <laughs> also, I, I, the one thing I will say is that I, I also, in my notes here, wrote uh, potential sequel to previous song, question mark. Oh. Because if you, re- I never really noticed it until I was like really reading the lyrics more. And then I was like, huh. maybe it's like the same guy. And like, maybe it's the same situation where he has finally hit a point where he's tired of being of wanting more and being strung along and he's finally like okay like i'm done like is this the polygraph right now girl <laughs> fuck um yeah i wrote um about the poison kiss and i wrote girl uses sex as a weapon <laughs> question mark <laughs> oh my god we're we're back to the assassin again <laughs> <clears throat> anyway um, um yeah um the next one (laughs) unless you have more to talk about with okay so secret oath check 10 um this one came off of a bit stalkery to me super stalker okay good super it's a super stalker song yeah yeah Yeah. it was making me a little like because you know it was talking about like any relationship you and i both know we're lost cause um talking about like remaining friends it's a friend zone song but then you know she's got a meeting out of the palm of her hand you're my beloved beloved you're my beloved you just don't don't know know it yet yet. i was like ooh, 
Tonight I made a secret oath to keep chasing after you, and I'm not going to stop whether you like it or not. Right. Stalker? Question mark. But, like, even in the second in the second verse, like, they talk about, like, how they, they, like, tried, and it didn't, it didn't work. But like he's, he's not, still going to try. He's still trying. And she is just fucking disinterested. But he thinks she's interested because he says, I know you love how all this music's about you. Right. So he's got like this delusion that she's, you know, why are we being friends? Why are we doing this if, you know. But then somehow also she's got some sort of delusion because she's enjoying the music that it's about her. Is she some... though? Maybe. Or is she just think so? Hmm. Hmm. Because he's saying, I know you love, you know, whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. (laughs) Friend zone. Slash stalker. Stalker. Definitely stalker. Oh, yeah. Um, So the next song on the album is Valiant, which I think (laughs) is a really cool title. Um, And I, I think it's just like, it's a, it's just a profession of love for somebody like i think it's pretty pretty straightforward that it's a like a profession of love oh yeah although i did kind of laugh at the cutting ties with all the jealous zombies <laughs> i need to feel your warm body on me i love that line though zombies don't have warm bodies no. right <laughs> um yeah I mean, it was a, a love song wanting you to know that she feels the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's a good song, though. Uh, so the next song is Bound to Happen. Um, sad. It's a really sad song, yeah. Uh, it, it's a, this is like, this is the, the breakup song on the album, for sure. Um... And it's a very, very difficult breakup. And like, but it, they realize how amazing things used to be and just how shit it has become. And, you know, so now. But he still, he still cares about her because, you know, for what it's worth, I always loved you. Um, yeah, I mean, he's talking about like how, you know, great she was and how great things were and how they're never going to be the same again it was like oh right (laughs) all my walking talking breathing nothing will ever be the same sad (laughs) sad pout face the one part that i like there too though was until tonight i never knew the difference between comfort and love right just at me next time (laughs) so we round out the the album with a real strong ending track uh, called Self Conclusion. Um, right up front, trigger warning, this song's about suicide. Which we'll call Self Conclusion from which now on. Which we'll just call Self Conclusion, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you listen to it, it's really like the narrator coming across somebody... A woman 
that is at her wit's end and is just ready to end it all. Well, that was neat that it was, like, written like a play. Yeah. Almost. Because, like, there's dialogue like a play. Right. And, like, the first verse almost sounds like you're describing the play. Like, fade in, start the scene, and a beautiful girl. Things aren't what they seem. It was, like, a description of the whole. Right. But also that, you know, things aren't what they seem with a lot of people because you don't know what's under the surface. But I also think that this is another example of like how amazing of a songwriter he is and how he really like carried the the original way that the band was where it was just him with a guitar through because like it's just it's just him and an acoustic but like somehow it still feels just as powerful as the way the album opened hmm but yeah, I love the story that it tells. I think it's a really, really like cool. It's almost and then it's almost like an acts too. Like when you go verse to verse, it's like you have like act one. Oh, acts, not acts. No, 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 no. Not like no, not he's not an axe murderer. No. I mean the, the stalker. You know? No, no, we're past the stalker. No, no, no. God, no. Um, yeah, this is the first song that I had heard from yeah. Spill Canvas, and that was the one that you put on the playlist. And I was like, ooh, this one's, like, dark, but oh, good. Yeah. It's really dark. And I, I think um, I think it's interesting when you, when you come to the final act of, of the whole thing, and he's basically saying, like, you know, that he's, he wouldn't hurt her. But then he also reveals that, like, if she wouldn't have shown up, he was going to jump, too. So, like, it's just showing that, like, it could be anybody. When you get to your wit's end, like, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. The part I really liked was the part where he says, you make it sound so easy to be alive, but tell me, how am I supposed to seize this day when everything inside me has died? Ooh. at me again right <laughs> yeah this one i mean obvious for obvious reasons kind of spoke to me <laughs> well yeah i mean because you're big into like poetry and stuff and also like just i think in general like being somebody that tries very hard to take care of their their mental health do i though no <laughs> no I, I meant oh you <laughs> i meant me I try to take your care of yours too. I know you do a very good job. <laughs> um, but like, mental health's important, and I feel like this is one of those songs that that definitely like touches on things in that regard. So, but I think it's a really great way to end. It's like it's a really cool ending. Oh yeah, to an album that started good out conclusion. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. No, it, it is. I, I think it's. I think it's a great album, though. Oh, definitely. It's, I liked it. Yeah, it, it's it's always in rotation for me, for sure. So what? I mean, what did you think? I liked Just it. Just in general. It was nice. It was nice. I liked it. Um. Yeah, I I know. I mean, I know that like the content matter isn't great to listen to all the time for you anyways well it wasn't i mean it wasn't particularly i mean it wasn't as dark as like train wreck but 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like you said, it starts out real like front loaded with a lot more energy. So, I, you know, when I was listening to stuff for the pod, it was like I would listen to probably the first like, I don't know, first, like, seven or, or eight. Seven. And then, then I would probably stop because I didn't, not on purpose, but just like the amount of time that I had. And then when I start again, it would be like, oh, back from track one. So like I listened to the last few a lot less than I listened to the first, you know, half of the album or so. Just, um, But like you said, the energy in the beginning is much different. Although listening to it all together, I mean, it, it definitely has a different feel. Right. Um, it's not as, I, I joke that it's like sad, but like there isn't as much sad some of it is real sad but some of it's just emotional and emotional doesn't have to be sad right right i i think it's just it's just an interesting way of them telling a story you know throughout the album i I, I just think it's it's a very well-rounded oh yeah and there's like a range of emotions on the songs for Um, sure i definitely had a few favorites um lick my finger and i'm like i don't ever do that these days with the you know pandemic going on to turn the page okay yeah less less de prima vista was one of my favorites just because like it starts out great and it's cute to see you singing you claps um i liked staple gun because it was stuck in my head for days and like just the the visual you have and like right (laughs) um I liked uh, Teleport A and B a lot. Yeah. So I think out of all of them, those were probably my three favorites. And obviously, Self-Conclusion, which you know I liked from hearing it. It's not one that I would listen to all the time, but on my Sad Girl playlist, yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun project. <clears throat> right. I, 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 that's why I said that I'm going to have to play some more stuff from them for you because I, I feel like they've got some other songs in their catalog that like that are similar to self-conclusion in the sense that like they're very like storytelling like they have a they have an interesting yeah. story behind well i mean them. i listened to the other album and we'll get into that and i feel like some of it i don't know there's kind of similarities between some of the songs although like, obviously i could tell like their sounds a bit different. Evolved. Well, yeah, I mean, they we'll definitely <laughs> have evolved a lot. So let's take a break from from talking about Spill Canvas. Before we get into their new album, we will get into one of our favorite new <laughs> segments, uh, which we have aptly titled. That's my new band name. Yeah. So then we had, we had a few this week. Some, yeah. Some real good ones. I had a couple. I hope you wrote mine down. I did. <laughs> yeah. So we had um, we had uh, polka dog. <laughs> that was a typo. <laughs> which was a typo, but it's I, wonderful. I loved it. Um, let's see, escape goat. How, what kind of band would Polka Dog be? Did we talk about that? Polka Dog. I don't... Let me look back in our conversation. I here. feel like I, they'd be I, either like a jam band or maybe... Um, I don't know. I feel oh, like... You know what? I think I said Grunge Revival. Oh, yes. Okay. 
because it made me think of like some like like something like hair of the dog or or not hair of the dog temple of the dog oh like yeah. pearl jam like that kind of you know that that kind okay i can see that yeah so then we had uh escape goat which was the one from yesterday. Yeah, which, that was a misheard word, right. which I really, or misheard phrase, which I really liked. I went with it. Yeah, I, I really liked that one. Um, let's see here. We also had uh, defunct mega blocks. <laughs> that was that was a good one. Wait, is it defunct like D E F U N C T or defunct like like D E like the opposite of funk? Dash, F U N K E D defunct. So it's obviously a funk band. Um, and then there was also uh, one that I saw when I was driving home from work, which was Max Gross. <laughs> Solo act, or is it going to be a band? I don't know. I don't. Hmm. I didn't think about that. Like Max Gross, the stage name. Yeah. What was the name? Does Max Gross imply? <laughs> Existence of minimum gross. Exists that there's like a the existence of minimum delicious. Oh, oh. Yeah, maybe. Which also sounds like a pretty great band name. I think Max Gross needs to contain 144 band members. <laughs> God, we're nerds. And then... Um, what was the, but what, I, that came up with somebody's name that needed to be in a scapegoat. Oh, yeah. What was it? Uh, I can't think of it. Oh, darn it. Um, there was a good one that we had earlier today, though, um, in conversation. Uh, came up Crocodilians. <laughs> but then uh, it was suggested Alligator. And the Crocodilians. Like, as a full band name. They gotta wear our Crocs. I gotta go. Um, so I, I, I actually kind of pictured them as more like a, like a Yacht Rock band. Like, B-52s meets the Beach Boys. Yacht Rock's such a weird... That, that is actually like a... Like, like, like a genre. Yeah, yeah but like you actually know what they mean by like that even though you're like yacht rock but a weird name but like yeah but like when you when you hear what kind of music it is you're like oh no it's legitimately music that you would listen to at a beach party okay uh-huh all right perfect place for crocs yeah perfect all those <laughs> all, all those sand in your holes sandy holes <laughs> God damn it. Oh. That made me think of how dirty Spongebob actually is. Ooh. Sandy cheeks. Sandy cheeks. Anyway, that's another topic. Anyway. So that's... So that's that's our band names. Ooh. Sandy holes. God. All right. Moving on. <laughs> so, now for our review. So, their newest album that just came out in March was called Conduit. 
Uh, it was released March 5th of this year. Um, so, you know, still pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we listened to it the day it came out, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Before I, that I, weekend. I listened They to released it. at least one of the songs before the... They released... Because I heard Firestorm um, before... They released three songs before the album came out. So... So you were ready for it. I was... Oh, yeah, I was ready. <laughs> um... So I'm just ready to jump right in. Sure. Uh, so the first track is called Architecture. Um, so I just want to note that uh, a lot of the content that I have here um, was actually taken from an interview that I read uh, with with Nick Thomas where they sat down and actually went track by track and talked oh, to him really? about yeah i found a really really great article and so i kind of matched that up with lyrical stuff so it yeah was, i didn't do as much on this one because i went kind of deep on the other so which is fine i'll have to read that because that sounds interesting yeah yeah it's really it's really cool um so it starts out with architecture which uh is kind of like a like a really raw take on like the music industry and just like pop culture and entertainment as a whole like there's a lot of references to like being like chewed up and spit out by the machine and like (laughs) you know because they i mean they you know they definitely are not big fans of like like big business you know they're they're very like DIY when it comes to music. So. I just thought it was kind of funny because, like, compared to the other songs and their other stuff, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, not not a surprising topic to find, and you know, since I'm usually listening to like punk stuff, but like. Well, also, <laughs> um, he was saying that there are there's also some reference to um, how the band has changed a lot over the years because of like bittering relationships that he's had with former friends slash bandmates. So those are things that he kind of touched on. Um, It's like an emo boy diss track. (laughs) Right. Right. So I, but I, I mean, I I think it was a really strong opening. Oh yeah. I, I really, again, another really strong way to lead into the, the album. Um, so that's followed by Firestorm, which was one of the tracks they released pre-album. Um, it's a great song. I, I really enjoyed this song a lot. Um, and it, I mean, it, it's, it's basically just like what it sounds. It is. It's, it's basically just like, you know, you're just really, really really into somebody i actually wrote the words um hot and steamy in my notes just so you know hot and steamy (laughs) intense relationship so you know i mean and you can hear it you know obviously like firestorm you know it's a great song though i i really enjoyed it i i i just I think it's a nice way to kind of like lead through and 
you know, the musicianship on this song is really cool. I like the guitar work and everything. Um, and and the, he was also making a reference in the article that I read to how one of his favorite parts is the, uh, like the gospel singing call back and forth um, in like the, the chorus. So I, I, I really enjoyed this song a lot. Um, that is followed by Dark Side, which was another one of the tracks that they released uh, prior to the album coming out, um, which is a pretty heavy track, um, like musically. It's it's one of their like more fast-paced, heavier tracks. Um, and uh, it was kind of like he said that it was kind of like revisiting uh an old relationship and like the the toxicity that uh you know that that he had that made him have like split personality where he, he was like he was always on but he was different people he was a different person around certain people right so like yeah, that's the same feeling I got out of it. I didn't write yeah. anything down, but yeah, I mean, it was clear that it was like a dark side. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, I mean, then then he even says in the in part of it where he's talking about how like when they collide, you know, it's it's even worse. So, but I mean, like the the imagery in this song is really is really cool, and and I just love. I don't know, like the the guitar work and the like the drum work together in this song are, are really cool. I like the way they they really drive this song. Um. So. Uh, the next song is "Calendars," which is a love song. Um. And I think it's a really cool message because it's like a love song about how. You know, he's basically saying that no matter how many days are on the calendar, you know, I'll love you through the the asteroid strike, through the apocalypse, through. It's a lot of sciencey stuff in this one. Right. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. Right. <laughs> Nerd alert. That's me. Guilty. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it, it's essentially you know it's just like a you know a really straightforward love song about just basically saying that like you're going to care about somebody forever um yeah i i like that one too because yeah long after meteors hit i'm all yours until the calendars quit right plus who the hell else would be my completer piece but you right um so the next song was was really sad Oh yeah, um, and I, th I thought that's what it was about. Over the times that I had listened to it, but until I actually like read, what it was about, um, then I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, so he wrote this song for his mother. Uh, um, so it, it's about like, the passing of his mom and. Uh, due to complications from a double lung transplant. Um, apparently she had some sort of like really bad 
uh, emphysema-like disease. And but he, I mean, he did say in this interview that I was reading that like they didn't have the greatest relationship um, when he was growing up. And after the diagnosis and everything, you know, it kind of brought them a little bit closer together. And, you know, basically, like, they kind of, you know, mended, mended the burned bridge between them. And it was, it was kind of, it made it easier for him to say goodbye. Um, you know, and then also, like, the silver lining you know, to this sad song was that him being able to like push himself to write such a heavy song was also like an immense healing experience for him because like it was almost, I think he was saying that like putting pen to paper and actually writing this song down, like the raw emotion in the song really made him, you know, like feel better. That makes sense. So, but yeah, I, I mean, it's the imagery is just so sad. And like, I mean, it, it's, but it's an amazing song. Like, and you can hear, like, you can definitely tell that it's like a tribute song to somebody oh, that, yeah. that died. So, like, but I mean, it's, it's very sad. But I think placement wise, it's a good spot for it, like on the album, you know, because I think you had like a really strong opening and then. Really sad middle. Really sad. <laughs> it's like some sort of weird Oreo. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like the middle of the Oreos anyway. So I'm not saying that it's, I didn't like the middle of the album. Just the sad part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that every track on here is like a single word yeah, title? I, I did notice Which that. I thought was weird because, you know, polygraph right now. And, like, <laughs> I was like, hmm, okay. I mean, I'm... Well, I mean, maybe it's just, you know, a progression of... Yeah. But it's, like, a single the single album title word. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Words. Words are difficult. Words. Um, so the next song on the album is Cost, which features... Uh, Nathan Hussey from the band All Get Out, which I've never heard of before. But, I mean, I'll probably look into them after this episode. Um, so this actually talks about... Uh, it, this is another like really deep song. Um, but it, it's, it's Nick's battle with uh, polysubstance abuse which um, he's been basically fighting with since, like, 2008, 2009. And then also, like, his diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder with psychotic features, which he got back in 2019. Um, and this song is basically getting into how, like, even in recovery of all of like to help him combat all of these things he still is fighting his inner demons and the dark spots in his life every day um i did look up with what uh schizoaffective disorder is and it's a combination of symptoms of 
mood disorder, uh, depression, and schizophrenia. So like a whole lot of whole lot of bad. So then you you have that on top of dealing with on again off again substance abuse, and that's just a really bad time. Well, one kind of probably didn't help. Well, I mean, you got mental illness you're dealing with, so you need something to help you cope with it. And right. Then coping with it makes things more difficult. So it's like a cycle that's that's really tough. Right. But, I mean, this is definitely a, a very powerful song. And I think the, the guest vocalist really helps him drive that home. Um, you know, later in the song when they're talking about, like... Like when they're they're singing like the the good God holy hell like that's what I wrote <clears throat> revel in this turbulence I love to hate myself yeah so like you know <laughs> you can really you can really hear the inner turmoil that he has with his all of his stuff that's going on so it, it's it's a really like deep song but it's also really powerful which I I think is a really really cool yeah and i think the powerful songs are important for people that you know also have the same kinds of things going on just makes you feel like less sure less alone i mean hey while we're at it let's just hop right into the next song which is called gallon which uh trigger warning it's about suicide (laughs) self-conclusion so uh it was this this actually was a really interesting one to read into um so in this interview that i was reading he was saying that uh through his early 20s um he struggled with like suicidal thoughts a lot and then over the years he's dealt with it more but they have never completely gone away it they're just a lot less now so this song was kind of him like expressing that that like he fights this kind of stuff on a daily basis but you know he needs to keep the gallons within his wrist yeah i mean i mean like the the picture is just like how much blood do you actually have like in a body i can't remember how much i'm like is there even a gallon (laughs) yeah okay oh yeah there's definitely because i'm i know you you get blood by the pint yeah, I know. So I feel like... But how many gallons? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, th- I I thought this song was powerful because it does talk about how you struggle constantly. But also, I mean, those thoughts never really go away. But <clears throat> being more self-aware of them. I think is like a really big important part, right? <clears throat> which is why I thought this song was really good because obviously it talks about how, you know, he's self-aware of what's going on. Like I need to keep repeating this so the gallon stays within my wrist. I was like, you know, it's relatable right. for anybody that struggles. Uh, adults will have approximately 1.2 to 1.5 gallons of blood in their I, body. I knew it wasn't a whole heck of a lot more than a gallon. Right. That's why I was wondering. Like, yeah. science fact (laughs) right um but i also read that this song is actually in the first time they ever wrote a song in a different time signature 
Hmm. This song's in 5-4, which is kind of cool. Good times. Yeah, good times. <laughs> um, <Or> difficult so, <laughs> times? <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Um, so the next song on the album is... I'm not really sure how to pronounce this word, but I'm going to try. Akathisia? I was thinking it was like anesthesia. Akathisia? Oh, maybe. You need to go to like the Google pronounce thing and like push the thing and we'll just say it for you. It's probably like, ah! (laughs) I'm guessing you probably looked up what this is. Oh, of course I did. Uh Uh-huh. Which is probably something I have (laughs) because I'm literally doing it right now uh akathisia is a movement disorder characterized by a subjective feeling of inner restlessness accompanied by mental distress and an inability to sit still Hmm. you should just say josh uh right (laughs) although i did read that it's sometimes a side effect of antipsychotic or antidepressant medications so yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi, it me. I wrote, yeah, feeling of muscle quivering, restlessness, and inability to sit still. Yeah, caused by the things that you mentioned. Um, but yeah, this song is actually for his wife. Um, it's kind of like a song kind of giving her props for how much she's put up with with all of his stuff that's been going on you know they've only been married for five years so like she's already put up with a lot and you know so this is this was kind of i didn't listen to this one as much as um this whole album as much as the other so like i can't remember this song specifically but with the lyrics can you be my can you be the the word panacea i don't know all i can think of was pangea <laughs> but i had to look up what it was well don't worry you did i looked it up also i know so you did. a panacea is named after the greek goddess of the same name <laughs> uh she's the goddess of universal remedy uh oh. it's any supposed remedy that is claimed to cure all diseases and prolong life indefinitely hmm. so I mean, when you really think about it, you know, this is a song for his wife, and he's basically saying that, like, she's keeping him alive, essentially. So, but I I mean, once I read that, I was like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes a whole lot of sense. Because I remember hearing that word, and I'm like, I don't know what that word is. So, but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this song a lot. Um... So the next song is, I think, the only really slow song on the whole album. And, um, but it's, it's a really beautiful song. I wrote Sciency Love Song. Yeah, it, it definitely is a Sciency Love Song. I'm here for it. Um, so this, this song is called Molecules. And it features Sherry Dupree Bemis, which I'll get into her in a minute. Uh, ooh, that sounds weird. <laughs> I was just gonna say. Ooh, whoop. Um, we'll talk about her in a minute. I will talk about her in a minute. <clears throat> um, so this is a love song, 
that he wrote for his wife. And it's actually the Pangea. <laughs> the first right. The first official love song that he wrote for her in the five years they've been married. So But he said in the in that article that I read that like once he started writing, like he had no problem writing it. Because he just feels so strongly for her. And I was like, that's adorable. Oh yeah, when I first heard the song, I was like, it's adorable. Right. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's it's a super science-y, nerdy love song. And it's very... Me. Yeah. It's very... <laughs> it's really, really well written, and, like, the arrangement is really pretty. And, like, um, like Sherry's backup vocals on this song are, are really, like, a nice accent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sherry Dupree Bemis. When I read that name, I was like... Why the fuck does this name sound so familiar? I went down this a little bit, but go ahead. <laughs> you probably so, went further. Sherry Dupree Bemis is the lead singer of the band Isley. Um, she used to be married to Chad Gilbert from Me Found Glory. Um, they got divorced. She's now married to Max Bemis from Say Anything. Which, hi, these are all bands I like. So I, I just thought it was a really cool tie-in. Um, but I actually remember seeing Isley. Really? They opened for Newfound Glory. Imagine that. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> um, this no, is where we was... need the big whiteboard, or the, yeah. uh, the big whiteboard with right. all the connections with... between the bands. Yeah, so many strings. Um. Now, this was one of the first shows that I traveled out of state to see um, when I went to see Newfound Glory. It was at this uh, shitty club in the outskirts of Baltimore. Uh, I can't think of what the fucking place was called. I've also been to a sh- shitty club in the outskirts of Baltimore. <laughs> really? What was it called? I don't remember. Like for a show? Mm-hmm. I bet you it was the same place be honest well there were a few clubs like connected to each other that had like music stuff going on <laughs> yeah i i'm pretty sure that's how this place was so there's a really good chance we've probably been to the same place at different times for different shows i saw less than jake there oh nice a couple years ago nice. it's one of the very many places i've seen less than jake. um but yeah Isley opened up for them so It'd be really funny if anything was there too <laughs> No, who was uh, the other? Who was the other band? Oh, it was uh, Reggie and the Full Effect. Was the other band that was on that bill, um, and it's only one of the most memorable shows that I could think of, not because of the actual show, but because of what happened afterward. So, me and my girlfriend at the time um, left the show. We walked back to the car, and so we had driven there from uh from clarion pa which is a far fucking drive because that's like two hours north of pittsburgh two hours plus um and uh we got back to the car and uh, the passenger side window was smashed out um so we and we weren't staying so we had to drive 
all the way back to Clarion from Baltimore. Smashed out window. In the night with a smashed out window. And it was February. So it was also <laughs> snowing. A that sounds pretty bit. shitty. <laughs> um, so like... Did you at least stop getting a garbage bag? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, we stopped at a... Um, a gas station up the street and we got a garbage bag and some duct tape and just taped a bag on the inside of the window yeah i would see people doing that i wonder like how how in the world that happens but uh yeah apparently that must be how it happens <laughs> yeah i mean they didn't get much they got a designer wallet and a couple credit cards that's about it that all got canceled immediately so great show though the show was really good anyway so this song was actually, uh, I just thought it was really, really... Yeah, this is my favorite on the album. Yeah, I thought this was a beautiful song. Yeah, Sciencey Love Song, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. <clears throat> Sciencey Love Song, leading into Sciencey End Song on the album. So this was a very um, unique way to end the album. And I only say that because normally when you have an album that has a, t a title track, it's the beginning. It's not very often that you see the title track to the album at the end of the album. Right? You're really thinking about that now, aren't you? The only one I can think of right now is Offspring Smash. Smash is at the end. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Not sure why that popped in my head. I'm not either. No, I want to do some research. Um, <laughs> so, the final album on... No. Final track on the album. Final track on the album is called Conduit. Um, and... I'm just going to read... I, I just took the exact quote out of out of this article because it just was really interesting the way that he said it uh it's the idea of being a conduit for the universe to broadcast and evoke emotions via songs it wires directly into my head so he's like he's like spiritual but not in like a not in like a god is great kind of way he believes in a higher power, but it's more like the powers of the universe and not like, you know. Well, that's being spiritual without being religious. Right. Without, you know, he believes in a higher power without it being God. And it's like the masters of the universe. He man. <laughs> well, no. you, you mentioning that makes me think about, again, Trainwreck, where he talks about, about the songs in his head yeah like maybe he, like you're just delivering them right like it's not necessarily <clears throat> all yours right um although his was from sort of delusion this is from the higher power <laughs> right yeah um but it, it's a really really great way to end the album I, I really like how it like rounds out it's a nice follow-up to like a slower like lovey-dovey track um, I actually did read into what conduit is though. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously like there's, there's like a technical 
thing because there's like an electrical conduit. Uh, but the conduit that he's referring to uh, in esotericism and spiritual discourse, uh, a conduit is a specific object, person, location, or process such as engaging in a seance or entering a trance or using psychedelic medications, um, which allows a person to connect or communicate with a spiritual realm, metaphysical energy, or spiritual entity, or vice versa. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Vision quest. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, so I, I mean, I, I think when you really, when you read that, and you 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 understand the way that he talked about like writing the track mm-hmm. and then relating it to the title of the album it's a, it's a really it's it makes a lot of the songs on this album really a lot deeper in meaning yeah you know it's interesting that it's at the end cuz then you think back and it's like oh yeah cuz then you think back and it's like He's got the song about his mother and he's got the songs that are him dealing with, you know, his addiction, his mental problems and, you know, his suicidal thoughts. And then, like, you have all the help that he's received from his wife and how much he loves her. And, you know, so it's like a really interesting balance of of, of tracks that lead into the final one, which is Conduit. So, so, yeah, I have two questions about the album for you. Sure. Um, what do you think the standout, like your favorites on here are? My favorites? Mm-hmm. Um, Firestorm, Dark Side, uh, Gallon, Molecules, I would say. But that's that's almost half the album. So I mean, I really can't say anything bad about it. I love this whole album. It was really good. I haven't gotten there yet, but um, I've listened to it. Yeah, a handful of times. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this album. Yeah, I, I think and I think for it being their first album in like almost ten years, this was a really strong way. I mean, they did have they had an EP that came out a couple years ago that was called. Uh, hive mind ep i think is what it was called it was like four or five songs which was it was pretty good um but i think that this for being their first full length in almost 10 years yeah i was gonna ask um well okay hold on yeah my the, the favorites i had similar to yours firestorm calendars uh, molecules yeah um I was going to ask what you thought. I mean, you're saying it's a strong album after, you know, years. What do you think of, like, their style as if, like, compared to... I mean, obviously I can tell some differences, but I'm not the music person as much as you. So... Um... I mean, I think stylistically they've stayed pretty true to the way they were really early on um you know i mean i think that they haven't really derived away i mean now that being said obviously the lineup has changed a few times so Mm -hmm. he has he's had different musicians with him over time um 
but but I think in general, uh, their their sound has has been very consistent. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, it's it's been a very consistent sound, which I think is good. I mean, I think with with a lot of bands, they always. It it seems like there are bands more frequently that are are always try to redefine themselves and they're always constantly changing and like right sometimes it's not for the better well that's kind of what i was thinking is like i'm trying to think of any bands where i've heard an album like 10 years between i mean there's 15 years between or whatever these two albums but 10 years since they've had an album and like a lot of times their direction changes or whatever and even with the lineup change and stuff that's what i knew like there was different band members like i feel like they're still the same feel um although there no, is more of a polished sound i guess but that again that's that came with time and experience yeah. and i mean you know, technology if i being different <laughs> if i gave you if i told you to listen to gestalt which is the album that the full last full length album that they released it would sound it, it would sound like spill canvas it does they they have a sound and it's a very specific sound and they don't you know they don't derive they just improve you know so they they have a sound and they just make it better every time which i think is really cool I think it's cool that they can stick true to their their specific sound and their specific style while still staying relevant and staying... Yeah, I mean, I feel that <clears throat> there's some bands that I like the change and then there's some bands that I like the consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like more often than not, I prefer bands that tend to stay more consistent to their sound because i feel like i mean you know now there's a difference i mean like you know there are some bands like um like afi is a band that i've i've followed for a very long time and like they've changed so many times but like it's just because they're just always musically trying different things well i would say that about weezer too oh yeah Weezer's a good example, too. I, I mean, mean, yeah, and those are two really good examples of bands that can try new things and still, you know, pull yeah. it off. Yeah, and then, then, you've, then you've got a band like Dropkick Murphys that's literally been been writing the same, you know, the same punch-you-in-the-face punk music since the day they started. Yeah, I was going to say them, or Less Than Jake. I mean, they're both pretty consistent with... Yeah what they do best yeah yeah i mean they they have a formula and they follow it but i feel like that also helps them you know stay like you said stay relevant like absolutely and that's good for spill canvas too is because you know they have that that sound where they can almost be timeless right exactly and that's a skill not not every band i think can pull off yeah i agree this one was fun. Yeah, this was great. You know, I, I and I, I really enjoy doing these these uh, review episodes because I, I think that it gives it gives an opportunity to introduce. I mean, now granted, like these last couple times, it's been like the first time was Weezer. Okay, like you know, and we did 
we did their new album and we did a covers album which is still a newer album of theirs but like you're a huge weezer fan so like that album just like blew me away oh yeah i mean (laughs) that album was amazing (laughs) i mean if we do it again because i was thinking about maybe doing it again with van weezer but i have thoughts about that yeah we'll talk about that off sure (laughs) um but I, I don't know. I, I I enjoy doing this because it's introducing one of us to to the band while also talking about their newest album, which I think is a really fun thing to do. I agree. Yeah. So um, I think that's about it, guys. Um, you know, we're just trucking right along. You know, I got a lot of interest stuff interesting stuff we're trying to plan so yeah yeah we have we have a little uh trip away in a couple weekends our first show in a how long yeah going to our first concert in what a year and a half yeah yeah because our last concert was punchline or well my last concert was punchline yours was not long after that mine was early march i think like right before everything shut down yeah so like so we're gonna be going on a nice little trip and we're going to be networking with another podcaster slash producer um maybe we'll be able to get him on a recording we'll see i don't know but we're definitely going to record from the road yeah we have intentions on doing that so we'll we'll come up with something not literally from the road yeah no no no. like from our hotel (laughs) yeah um so yeah you know as usual, like I always say, share your music because um, that's the only way you're going to find something that you may not have listened to before. And check out social media. Yeah, please. Check out social media. We're on Facebook. Um, you can just look us up. Songs in my head. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter S- at SIMHpod. We're on Amazon Music itunes spotify spotify and soundcloud um so yeah look us up share your music uh be cool to each other and uh thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time